Good evening. Welcome to another look. We are going to be in Matthew chapter 9 again, and so I would encourage you to uh, grab your Bibles as we uh, take a deeper look at uh, the healing miracles of Jesus in uh, chapter 9 of the Gospel of Matthew. Last week, when we encountered Jesus, Crossing the lake, there was a storm that rose up, and the disciples are afraid. Jesus is sleeping, and so they wake him up, and they, they say, Don't you care? We're going to drown. And Jesus' response in Matthew 8, verse 26 says, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Why are you afraid? And there seems to be something in the disciples' lack of faith that bothers Jesus. But what exactly a healthy response to Jesus is gets um, unpacked a little bit more in chapter 9. Because in chapter 9, we find that Jesus encounters a number of different people who are sick, or injured. We find a paralyzed man. We find a woman who is bleeding, a little girl who has died, two blind men, a demon-possessed man who can't talk. And all of these individuals encounter Jesus, and uh, the way he responds to them and the way he heals them is a bit different every time. And we want to look at that uh, together tonight as we wonder about what it means uh, to have faith in Jesus. So we want to start with uh, Matthew chapter 9, and uh, it's actually verse 2. So in the story of the paralyzed man, uh, we may remember that there are a number of friends who bring their paralyzed friend to Jesus. Uh, they bring him on a mat, and in verse 2 we read that when Jesus saw their faith, he says, take heart, your sins are forgiven. And then later uh, he says, take up your mat and walk. And the implication in the story, of course, is that the faith that is present for this man's healing is not the man's faith. We don't even know if he wanted to go see Jesus, but rather it is the, the faith of the friends when Jesus saw their faith. And so there's a sense, a fairly clear sense in the gospel that the faith of the people who bring these needy people to Jesus is actually what brings them healing. When we continue, however, and we <clears throat> read about uh, this young girl who dies, her father comes. Again, the girl has died, and so she, of course, can't ask Jesus to heal. Uh, but the request that the man makes in verse 18, as the synagogue leader comes and kneels before Jesus, is that Jesus would go and put his hand on her. And so uh, the question of faith is uh, 
The man believes that if Jesus touches his daughter, she will become well. And that's, of course, what happens. We see that at the end of the story, that Jesus takes the little girl by the hand and lifts her up. She is raised, uh, just as Jesus is later raised from the dead. And so the faith is the father's. It's not the crowd. The crowd laughs at Jesus. The mourners, those who are grieving, laugh at Jesus. And so the faith isn't in the one who's being healed again, but it's in, not in the crowd, but it's in um, the Father. But in between, Jesus encounters this woman who is bleeding. And uh, the woman says to herself in verse 21, if I only touch his cloak, I'll be healed. And so the response that Jesus gives her, take heart, your faith has healed you, implies that it's not the touching of Jesus or Jesus touching her that brings about the healing, but it's the faith that this woman displays, this active, almost aggressive faith, that she would come to Jesus, that she would touch him, that she would take the initiative, that she would throw herself at his mercy. That kind of faith brings healing and wholeness. We see the same kind of aggression in the two blind men who follow after Jesus. Notice that the verb in verse 27 is follow him. It's a verb that uh, we've seen from the disciples before. And they cry out, have mercy on us, son of David. They get his title right. They know who Jesus is. And so they ask him. Jesus follows up their aggressive pursuit with an odd question in verse 28. Do you believe that I am able to do this? Almost like a, a vetting process. Clearly you think that I am the Messiah. Do you really believe it? And Jesus' response is, according to your faith, let it be done. In other words, if you believe a little, you might get blurry vision back. If you believe a lot, you get 20-20. Jesus' response is sort of an odd one. If we would think about this in, the, in terms of the paralyzed man, maybe he gets a limp. Maybe he, gets, uh, he needs a, a walker. Uh, if he's got a lot of faith, maybe he gets uh, marathon legs back. But Jesus' response seems to imply that the amount of faith brought to the desire for healing will somehow impact the level that Jesus is able to heal, which is very different than what we've seen in the other healing stories. Then we watch as people bring a demon-possessed man who can't speak to Jesus. Again, we're not told if the man wants to come. We're not told if the man is dragged along. He, of course, can't ask Jesus for healing, but the crowd does, and Jesus heals him. And so there is this odd interplay that we see in how Jesus responds to people in need. And I, for one, uh, find this difficult. And what really comes to mind is uh, the story of Pharaoh and his hard heart. And that might be an odd story to think about, but when you read through the book of Exodus, half of the time, 
we read that Pharaoh hardens his own heart. And half the time, the uh, sense that we get is that God hardens Pharaoh's heart. And of course, commentators wrestle with what does that mean? And, and pastors who preach on this wrestle with what does it mean? Are we hardening our own heart? Are we responsible for how we respond to Jesus? Or does God do this and we really don't have a choice? And I thought of that in this passage because the sense is that there are some who desperately know their need, desperately want to be healed, and they throw themselves at the mercy of Jesus and he heals them. And there are others for whom it isn't the person expressing need, but it's a friend. It's a father. It's the crowd who say to Jesus, we want this person to get well, and we know you can do it. And that brings about the healing. And so there is this odd, there is this odd sense of responsibility in interacting with Jesus in order to be healed. And what makes this even more complicated is that the word Matthew uses in many of these healing stories isn't the kind of healing like you get better, but it's the word saved, sozo, which is really the word that we most associate with salvation. In other words, the implication is that faith brings about salvation. And sometimes that faith is the faith of the individual, and sometimes that faith is the faith of friends. Which is to say, and to challenge us, that we, when we bring our own hurts and needs to Jesus, we ought to bring them in full faith, that Jesus will heal and save. And that when we bring our friends to Jesus, when we bring our loved ones to Jesus, we ought to come in full faith that Jesus will heal them, that he will literally save them. Jesus, of course, is the great physician, not just of bodies, but also of hearts. And so regardless of the need we see and how we bring it to Jesus, we are commanded and called and we see in this text that Jesus calls us to come in full heart and belief that he is capable of saving. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, the great physician and our savior. May we come in full-hearted trust that you are able to do what you say you are able to do, whether it's for us or for our friends. In Christ's name, amen.